You know what I love the most about the women who are part of the Ask Basha video podcast? They are not threatened by other women doing great things. This is a place where queens pull up from around the world to discuss issues affecting all women. These women are brilliant. They wear several hats and a crown. This week, we're discussing money language part two. You don't want to miss this one. And if you don't believe me, just watch. Hey guys, it's your girl Basha. And welcome to the Axe Basha video podcast. And if you see these queens, you know what time it is. It's Tuesday and we're discussing your money language part two you know everybody has a money language you know and it's just that some of us don't know that language so today i'm joined by some leading ladies from across the globe and they're going to share their experiences with money and how their childhood experience specifically um has shaped their financial perspective so i'd like to welcome back from the garden state my girl my sister and Dr. Sadal Ross is in the building. Trinidadian American Dr. Ross is an anesthesiologist and pain specialist. She's a triple board certified. She's triple board certified and currently practices palliative medicine in New Jersey. She's also a classically trained vocalist who uses music to care for patients living with life-threatening illnesses. Dr. Ross's podcast, Prescription in Sound, is dedicated to promoting awareness of the healing potential of music and is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome back, Dr. Ross. It's been a minute since we've seen yes. you. <laughs> yes, it has. Thank you. I was also saying welcome back to my Canadian sister who's based right here in Atlanta, <laughs> Mrs. Alana Avis. Um, she was raised in Montreal, Quebec to Trinidadian and Tobagonian parents. She's a cybersecurity risk executive, entrepreneur, and fitness enthusiast who loves a good effortless fashion moment. She's currently building an e-commerce uh, brand rooted in wellness. Welcome back, Queen. I missed Hi. you. And for the first but not the last time, we're going back to New Jersey. <laughs> and welcoming our queen. Well, we're going to New Jersey a couple times. I gotta tell you, this podcast. I probably like that state a lot. Our queen, Mrs. Nidhi Patel, is in the building. Nidhi Patel is a director at BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world. Wow. She works within the leverage finance platform. She has a CPE and a tr and is a trader and portfolio manager. Prior to BlackRock, she worked at MKP Capital a hedge fund, and Deloitte. She graduated from Binghamton University in 2001. You can keep up with her on Instagram at nidp13. And coming to us, Nidhi, welcome. I can't wait to hear your point of view on this topic because you're the authority on all things finance, yeah? <laughs> And I want to say a special welcome to my Trinidadian sister and coming to us live from Trinidad Tobago. <laughs> Mrs. Alana Berber is in the building. Welcome to our first Trinidadian with a global role. Coming to us direct from Trinidad because I mean, a lot of us are Trinidadians in this platform, but we don't live there. So Alana Berber, welcome queen. And let me tell you a little bit about this queen. In early 2021, Alana Berberan launched Single Mom Succeed, a labor of love in honor of her late husband, Francis, who died from cancer in 2011. Single Mom Succeed is a forum to celebrate life, growth, and wellness. And it chronicles Alana's 10-year journey as a single mom, a widow, a corporate executive, and entrepreneur. Alana believes that we will all we all have it in us to succeed and find our happiness in this world. So true. Through Single Mom Succeed, she engages a community of women and builds a safe forum for support, empowerment, and sharing. Alana, by profession, is an HR executive and board, direct, board director with over 25 years of human resource experience. She currently supports a multinational corporation as a global HR oversight for six countries, USA, Canada, Chile, Egypt, 
New Zealand on a part-time and flexible basis. However, her passion for human resources and learning also led her to establish a consultancy firm, Harmony HR, to serve human resources, to serve the human resource, I'm sorry, the human resource needs of small to medium businesses in the Caribbean. She holds a Master's of Arts in Human Resource Management from the University of the West Indies, a Bachelor of Science in, sorry, she holds a Master of Arts, that was too important to make a mistake, in Human Resource Management from the University of West London, and a BSc in Sociology and Management from the University of the West Indies. She's also a certified member of the British Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, CIPD. You can follow her on Instagram at singles underscore moms underscore succeed. Welcome, Alana, Alana B. We got two Alanas today. All right. And last but by no means least, I want to welcome my friend, my sister from New Jersey again, Mrs. Corinne Gardis. <laughs> did, I, did I get it right when I touched the throat, Corinne? Did I get it right? Is she, I think she's having some technical oh, difficulties. Oh, and she didn't hear my proper pronunciation. <laughs> Corinne Gardis is currently an executive sales representative from Janssen Pharmaceuticals in their cardiovascular and metabolism division, calling on cardiologists Card cardiologist, sorry, to discuss Janssen's factor XA inhibitor. Her 20-year career in healthcare began as an account executive in public relations, where she consulted for several pharmaceutical companies. There she realized she had an aptitude for the pharmacology and biology of treatments and migrated her career to working on the client's side. In her spare time, she owns and manages real estate in Harlem and is a consultant for the private equity-backed company, Beauty Counter, where she manages a team in Texas and New Jersey. She is a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Senior Sorority sorry, Incorporated. As a mom of two daughters under six, she has become a staunch supporter of EdTech Ventures in early education. She holds a BA in, from Hampton University, where she was the editor of the university paper, The Hampton Script. The Nashville, na Tennessee native, who now calls New Jersey home, enjoys the Peloton, Pilates, and a great bottle of champagne. I couldn't wait to read that one. <laughs> you can follow Corinne on her Instagram at S-E-E-Ramsey. And you can also follow, I forgot to say for Alana Avis, you can follow her at Beauty Be Fly and for Dr. Sidel Ross, Sidel Ross MD. And you'll get all of that in the body of this email and their tabs are also on their profile. Um, Karen, Corinne Garvin seems to be stuck. <laughs> I would like to welcome all you ladies. Uh, I hope she, Corinne gets back to us soon so that we can have her join our podcast. All right, ladies, welcome. Now, today's topic is on money management part two. But I want to go off topic for a minute, because guess what? Today, we're celebrating our queen. And we have several queens, but the lady of the moment is Dr. Sidara Ross. Y'all, y'all know. <laughs> That Dr. Sarah Ross yes. just won, just won first prize at the Carnegie Hall, the world famous Carnegie Hall. And some of us, including my friend Nudi Patel, was in the building to celebrate this moment, this feat. You have no idea what an outstanding moment, what a proud moment this was for all of us, Dr. Ross. Yes. Thank How you. does it feel? Thank you. You made us proud. Thank you. Girl, uh, I'm, I'm still part of this journey. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Tell us, tell us, tell us. We're so proud. We're so proud. Thank you. Um, yeah, it still feels like a dream. I'm, yeah. I'm still uh, 
still tell, in shock. I mean, it, it was a surreal why. experience. Tell them why it still feels like it's a dream. It's a surreal experience. You know, I, I, well, this has been a, I had this vision when I was six years old that I would be a singing doctor one day. And um, over the years, because of influences, various influences, um, including you know some of my own, really, I put that dream aside, thought it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but life has a way of helping you out and sometimes putting you in certain situations, dark places, including mm. dark places, when you, have to kind of eventually figure out what your purpose is and what are the things that have always brought joy to your life. Hmm. And for me, that was always music. Hmm. And so I eventually decided that I would find a way to incorporate music into my career. But being the person that I am, I mean, I, I always knew that I had a, a beautiful singing voice. When I, when I made that decision, though, to become a physician, musician, hmm. I decided that I had to enhance my vocal skills. And, and, um, and so I just, I started working on opera, putting that in my repertoire. And when I started working with my coach, she said to me, you know, you have the, the ability to do well with this. Hmm. And, um, and so we continued working, grinding every week for the last five years, five years. One hour a week for the last five years. Actually, it's six years now. Yeah. And um, in 2019, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go for this. Hmm. I, I have the training. You know, I don't know what will come out of it, but I have everything that I need. God has given me everything that I need to do this. Mm -hmm. And I did it. Yeah. That's I, and I really, I really wanted you to share you. that part of the journey in terms of not knowing how you would achieve it, um, knowing that it was different. I mean, you, it was, it's an amazing feat, one, because you are a medical doctor deciding, hey, I'm going to take a little segue and try my hand at music and et cetera. A lot of these women on this platform are trying new things for the first time. All of us are doing something different. For me, it's this podcast, which is a different side of media, given my whole track record with media. People think that it's so easy. And, but you know what? Sometimes you just jump and you grow wings and you have to live by faith. And what you've done is an inspiration to me and I want it to be an inspiration to other women to know that it's not overnight success. We're all working on different things, right? Botalanas, yeah? Nidhi, Corinne, are you hearing me now? All of us. We're all working on different things. And I just wanted to, to just give you that moment to share because I, I know how difficult it was for you to feel the discomfort of not going along with the norm and what was expected. Like you went to medical school, why do you want to do this? And this is what this platform is about. Giving women a safe place to be themselves and to first encourage each other to know that um, today is Dr. Ross's day, but everybody gets their day once they stick to it. And once they believe in their dream, we're here to hold each other's hand and to celebrate each other. How about that? So Love it. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Um, I realized that Corinne Goddess <laughs> is having some difficulties and that pains me because um, she's been such a supporter of this platform. Um, not sure what's happening, but we will be happy to have her as soon as she's able to sort out her difficulties. Um, and we will just start. Today we're discussing money language. And um, are you okay, Karen? Are you hearing us? I know it keeps kicking me out. I, I think I'm back are now. You, I you are back. <laughs> Everybody's hearing Karen. And I and asked them, I said, your name's so nice. Like, yes. <laughs> and a lot. <laughs> Yes, and a lot. Are you are you okay now? Are you with us now? Everyone's frozen. Oh, oh, <laughs> we're seeing you. 
Are you on your computer? Yeah. All right, ladies. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Money language part one. I'm going to start this week a little different from what I did last week, right? Because I remember when we came up with this topic, some of my queens were confused, like money language. What are you talking about? Money language. Any of you know your money language? And if you do, can you tell me in one word what your money language is? And I'm starting with my newbies, Alana Burbot. I'm starting with you. What's your money language, queen? In one word, I would say flow. Flow? Flow. Nice. I've never heard that one. I love it. I love it. Let's go to our financial expert, Nadi Patel. What's your money language? One word. Uh, being smart. That's two words, Nadi. <laughs> smart. <laughs> and that's in order. That's in order. What about you, Alana Avis? Growth. Nice. Do Dr. Sidal Ross, what's your money language, Queen? Abundance. Mm, I like, I like. <laughs> Corinne Gardas, what's your money language? Can you tell us your money language if you're hearing us? Oh, no. No. Okay. I like all the okay, words. I can't hear. Oh, I, I can't hear. I don't know. Yes. We're seeing you. <laughs> Karen, what's your money language? Oh, her, Give us okay. one word to describe your money language. One word. Quick, before you cut off, forget. Because we're not giving up on you. Oh, I know, right? I'm so, oh, that's so sweet. Um, my money language, um, I feel secure. I'll say it's, mm. I'll say it's secure. Mm, interesting. Okay. So, did anyone talk to you, to any of you all? And I'll start with Karen, since we, she, she's with okay. us right now. Um, did anybody talk to you, Corinne, growing up about your money language? No. no. No, they didn't. When I was looking, I was like, no, no one. Um, growing up, we didn't we didn't talk about money. My parents yeah. didn't talk about money. Um, uh, I knew that, you know, they felt like they had to work hard to get things, yeah. but it was never something that they actually, like, told us. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I do think that, it's something like moving forward that I feel we kind of missed the boat on in mm. talking about like in educating our children and yeah. um, about money because you go from making, you know, an allowance to, mm -hmm. you know, actually making money and you have no mm. idea what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So no nobody talked about money. Grow. Yeah. No. Yeah. So Nadi, mm -hmm. outside of being a, um, a financial expert and, you know, working in the financial industry, um, we're talking about you, the person, the way you were brought up. Did anyone talk to you about money? No, similar to Corinne, I also did not have that experience growing up in a minority family. You know, my parents never spoke about money with the children. And I, it was my brother, myself, and my sister, and we never talked about money. But just when I watched my parents and how they spent money versus people who are family friends and how they spent money, I had my parents were always savers and there was a scarcity value with whatever they had. And they always wanted to make sure that we learned the the benefits of saving. So I think in with their experiences, I was able to understand as I got older, but I would never say that there was an explicit conversation that I had with my parents about money. Okay. How about you, Alana Bourbon? Yeah, for me, same. No, no mention of money at all growing up. Um, actually, it was almost impolite to speak about money. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was like, oh, no, we don't speak about that. It wasn't said, but you kind of got that feeling. Yeah. So, so no. But, I mean, I, too, saw how my parents um, worked hard and, and, and saved or tried to save. Mm -hmm. But no, no discussion with us at all as kids. So you kind of go out in the world and you're like, oh, okay, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah. Then you learn. Then you learn. Uh, what, what about you, Alana Evis? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, my parents talked about, this is very strange, I know, we're from the islands, but they talked about money a lot in terms of educating my sister and I in terms of, you know, dollars and cents. And I mean, what brought us to open a bank account from a very young age, like in, in elementary school, you know, I had one of those little books that you get stamps. Yes. Um, 
But I, that might also be because they came from Trinidad to Montreal and they're working towards, you know, creating this new life. So, mm -hmm. you know, they talked us along the way since they were in that part of the journey as well. Okay. So I'm not sure if I, you know what I mean? I think it was also circumstance, like where we, they were starting over or, you know, kind mm -hmm. of when mm -hmm. they reached to Montreal. So, so I think some of us might have had the experience of our parents taking us to the bank but still not talking to us about money, if you know what I mean. Because I remember, you know, it was a good thing to mm -hmm. have a bank account mm -hmm. when, when we were a certain age. Would you agree with me, Alana Broban and Dr. Sidel Ross? But sure. that's still, they still didn't talk to us about the money. No. You know? Agreed. Uh, um, so I'm coming to you now, Dr. Sidel Ross. Did your parents talk to you about money in a positive way, in any kind of way, while you were growing up? They talked a lot about it, but negatively. To be, to be perfectly honest. And in a yeah. way that created a lot of anxiety for anxiety. me. Anxiety, yes. So, so is that a common thread among us? Because, you know, it's always a beautiful thing for me every week to just see all my queens show up, whether it's from the Caribbean, Sweden, India. And then we still have this central thread that runs in the fabric of all of us. Um, would you all say that your parenting, parenting sorry, had something to do with the fear or anxiety around money and there was a scarcity undertone. Yes. Would you all say yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that sad? undertone, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Isn't that sad? That is so amazing to me. You know, the, 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 um, the more I grow and the more I become so open to, to learning all that life has to offer, I realized how much more like we are than, you know, than we think. And that is something else. So let's now discuss your family's attitude towards money while you were growing up, because it's one to discuss it. And the next thing is the attitude. Dr. Sidel Russ already discussed that. She jumped ahead. She's always reading my mind up in here. <laughs> so she already discussed her family's attitude yeah. towards money. Alana Bourbon, a queen from Trinidad and Tobago. What was your, but, oh no, we're not trying to, I just want to say, we're not trying to embarrass our parents. We're talking about our reality and yep. what we face because if they knew better, they would do better. Just want to say, we're sending love to the parents. Wouldn't be where we are without them. <laughs> no, because I don't want it to sound as though we're coming against our parents because mm. we all had wonderful people raise us. But, but we want to make sure that we do better for our own kids and for our own mm -hmm. selves. So yeah, about your parents now, Alana Bourbon. How so what was the attitude towards money? Yeah, I think um, they they both worked hard. My mom actually sometimes worked her job plus a little something on the side. Like she used to sew back in those days. You know, mm -hmm. you were you know they were close to be sewing people, so she would do that to make extra money. Mm -hmm. We never felt while there wasn't a lot, we were comfortable, and I think mm -hmm. they kind of kept it at a level of not to let the kids know but yes. i knew things were hard sometimes yeah we kind of sense it, but we never felt like we didn't have that's right and we must credit our parents for that as i said this is a a, a discussion for us to get rid of our own anxieties and to retrain our mm -hmm. mindset if it hasn't been retrained already because they thought they were doing the best by making sure that they provided without us having to worry so not, nothing is wrong with what they did, but this is now a different approach that we would like to take. Agreed, Nidhi Patel, I see you nodding. And I would like you to take yeah. it from there. Yeah. So in terms yeah, of you, what of was the attitude? To, what, what was their attitude towards? What, how would you define it? Yeah. I think my parents, like I said, have always uh, talked about saving money because they both came from India where they, you know, they're one of five and one of four and they weren't, they didn't have that much money growing up. So my parents were always on the mindset of saving, saving, saving. And to be honest, like I grew up in the Middle East and I, and I grew up in Kuwait and during the Gulf War, my parents actually lost all their savings because they had to leave the country. Wow. And so they had to start from scratch when they came to this country. So I've seen my parents, you know, be very comfortable. Mm -hmm. and then lose it all and then have to build it up again so for, from that you know what i learned is also that you know it can come and go just as fast mm -hmm. so that you always have to like think about how you're going to save money and i think that's been ingrained in my head and i i would consider myself a big saver mm -hmm. I, I i i think that that has affected my the way i approach money and i'm a very big saver you know my friends you know as much as i'm in finance and i make very good money 
they would say I'm more frugal than most of them, even though I probably can afford everything, you know, but I just choose not to because in my head, I'm like, oh my God, it could go anytime. So even my husband yeah. makes fun of me. He's like, you know, you're, you work, you're fine. And I was like, I know, but in my head that, that scarred me for life to be honest. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad that, that the person mm -hmm. who has the, this, the, 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 the um, academic designation, and I should say um, the career designation of, and, and certification of being the financial expert in our panel could make this um, vulnerable declaration on this platform, you know, um, because the way you said you would define um, your money language is smart. Yeah. And before I go on to Corinne, um, I want to be able, I want to point something out because um, it was in recent years, I recognized that saving is not necessarily a positive um, quality if it's coming from a place of scarcity and and yes. fear, you know? Because sometimes you can hold on to that money so tight that you can lose it because of the fear that you're drawing to yourself. I, yep. a few years ago, I stumbled upon the idea, along with Dr. Sidal Ross, and she can attest to this, um, that prosperity and abundance will always be mine. And when I started walking that road, Everything changed. It was, it was as though my, my bank account, my home, everything became a magnet for money. And because I didn't see money as something that was only in the bank, like paper and coins, I saw it as provisions. But we talk more about that. I want to go to Corinne um, Gathers, and I want to know what was her family's attitude towards money? You know, we... I think my family's attitude was that we had everything that we needed and we had some of the things that we wanted. So mm -hmm. I could see that maybe some people maybe had a little bit more or a little bit less, but yeah. we always had what we needed. And I think that's how they operated in the house is to not have, um, you know, is to not have like, you know, us kids like, you know, pick up anything. Um, but I will say that when my parents did fight mm -hmm. and like, that's what we heard we weren't supposed to hear, you know, those, you know, those things. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of the attitude, the atmosphere, it was that we have what we need and everything's fine. Mm. So one of contentments, would you say? Definitely. I think, yeah. One of, one of can, yeah. Yeah. One of content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There could be more, I, you know, yeah. One of yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, when it took many, many, many years of, of really just not having the childhood education on money, no discussion, no, and not just money to save, but money to invest, because as our financial expert can attest to, it's one thing to save. Savings don't necessarily multiply your money. It just gives you the feeling of some form of security. And if you were to redefine print in your bank account very clear, carefully, you, you can lose it very easily as, as your family doing Kuwait because the bank only, um, I think you're only indemnified for a certain amount of money if you were to read your fine print. I, 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 um, yeah. I defer to you to explain that some yeah, more. Yeah, it's $250,000 is the FDIC mm -hmm. amount that's insured in each bank. So if you, I would suggest having a bunch of multiple bank accounts. If you have a spread lot of it money, out. spread it out, spread it out. <laughs> yeah. Just and a lot case, of people don't remember case. that they, they will, you know, they'll leave a million in one and a, you know, every bank in every country has a certain amount that they are obligated to cover you for. And you need to check that out too. If, if savings is a part of your security, but I mean, I'm sure, um, Nidhi can share with us other instruments that can give us some amount of comfort but outside of instruments my suggestion is one of mindset my my suggestion is one of provision because i believe that what you draw to yourself is what you receive if you're going to be living with the scarcity mindset and you're going to be thinking oh i remember hearing people around me declare that they were poor it was a done deal they're poor and honestly, when I think back about some of these people who were saying that, they didn't even have a mortgage. They, they, lived, they owned the house they lived in. But they declared that they were poor. So a lot of, a lot of what we um, 
in our early 20s coming out of university, a lot of what we practice is not what we learn at university, it's what we learn growing up. Would you all agree? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of women nodding ahead. Um, I don't know if you wanted to put something extra on that. And I would like to ask you too, who handled the money in your home once you add to that? What I said. Okay. So, so one, yeah, I learned a lot about money and, and how it works after university and just living. And I know we'll probably talk about that in a bit. But in terms of who handled it at home, so my mom and dad always had separate bank accounts. And I grew up thinking that was normal. So I did it. When I got married, I was like, well, yeah, this will be what you do. But I realized then that not everybody, you know, yeah. do things differently. Yeah. Um, in a way, it, it kind of made it easier for me when my husband passed away that, that I kind of had stuff um, that I, I, I knew where things were, et cetera. And I think that's helpful. But I think, you know, um, for me, I saw my parents have separate bank accounts and I just said, okay, cool. That's, that's what you do. So I want to touch on something you just said there because it, it, it's, um, it's alluded to the fact that if, if people were to have joint assets, the woman wouldn't necessarily know where things are. Some, you know, I'll tell you, that's, that's one piece of advice I give married couples when they ask me, oh my gosh, how did you, I said, you know, you need to speak about it. You need to speak about it with your partner um, and with your spouse because a lot of times people don't know where things are. Yeah. And assume that all will be well. So we need to find out. So so the issue is not necessarily having something joined. It's just about yeah. knowing where it knowing. is. Yes. <laughs> about knowing and having a conversation. We don't yeah. like to talk about those things. Whether it's money or death. We don't, yeah. we don't you know, we talk about what, money what? now, but certainly we don't like mm -hmm. to talk about death. But why, why, and I understand that, and I, I guess we'll talk about that in another show, but why, why, um, why, why don't we like to talk about money? Anybody? I don't, I don't have that experience. Like growing up, my parents worked hard. We always had enough, but we talked about money. Their financial planner would come over. Again, we're not, we weren't millionaires, but we had enough. And like what you said, it was really more about like mindset. Yeah, you know, it, it's ebbs and flows. It comes and goes. And definitely it was always my father, especially could make two pennies into a dollar. So mm. I have that mindset of really stretching my money. Stretch, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's the money. So and it's less about more so multiply. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. not the money that brings you happiness. So mm -hmm. that's what they really instilled in me. Well, so that's, that's good. Like, yeah, that's you really know? good. Um, But but, you know, in terms of 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 that mindset, like how how do we get rid of the mindset the scarcity mindset that was ingrained in us because we all we're all referring to our upbringing and what our parents did or did not do and most of us when we actually heard them talk about money in a negative light as a result of an argument or as a result of a lack or it's like they were just afraid to talk about money and they were also afraid to say that they're rich how many of you are comfortable saying that you're rich? Tell the truth and shame the devil. Well, if I was rich, I would say it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I don't think I'm rich. <laughs> I think it depends. I think it depends on your definition. Sure. I think yeah. you know Absolutely. every person has a number in their head. Every person yeah. has a number in their head that they are like, okay, at this point, I would be very comfortable. You know, personally, I haven't reached that number yet. Right, but Amity, I don't think you would ever reach out based on what you just told us. <laughs> no, but but I would say that my scarcity mindset has started to reverse as mm -hmm. I've gotten older, especially mm -hmm. I would say over the past five, six years, mm -hmm. as I've gotten more comfortable with my career and knowing where my progression is going. I can tell you, like my scarcity, uh, my scarcity mindset is on the downturn now, and I'm moving towards more of an abundance, like the Dell. We're, yes. we're, we're really, really, really approaching. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, what it has was, I'm looking at six women here. A few of you, I know more about you than the rest of the world. Not all of you. <laughs> so you're telling me that all five of y'all on this platform, none of y'all rich. So what is, I mean, so I have a, um, yeah rich versus wealthy right like some people yes. correct it. yeah correct and i didn't <laughs> use the word wealthy okay right yeah <laughs> very good distinction um 
So I'm, I'm both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I like the screen, you know. That's why, that's why she got first prize at Carnegie, you know. That's just for the performance, but you know. My husband would beg to differ. He will say yeah, that we're not yet not. there. Yeah. You know, like he, like <laughs> Nidhi was expressing, there are some people who have this number in their mind. A number. And, um, and, and he so feels ahead. we're not there yet, mm -hmm. but I feel that we're there and we will always be always there. We will have there. more and God more. will grant us more abundance more. and more blessings. More. And, more. Plenty more. And yeah, that's just how I look at it. No, it wasn't always like that. It took some, took me some time to get here, <laughs> but this is where I am. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want anybody coming for you. Yeah, I'll so say want, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I definitely feel comfortable. I think when I, when my husband and I are like, oh, are we, are we rich or are you're we, afraid, you're afraid you know, welcome. We have, I don't know, like with you, I don't know. I don't know what, what you, you say you comfortable, you rich. For if us, you say thinking, you're comfortable here, the show is done. Like, oh, you're well, rich. we don't. Uh-uh. You're rich, correct. <laughs> yeah. But my husband anybody here comfortable? Like, okay, let me go. Anybody, anybody here comfortable? Anybody here comfortable? Yeah. I use that. That's my word when people I'm comfortable. What's the word my mom used? My mom my mom used that word. We're comfortable. That's what I mean. It's it's you know, there's a nice flow. It's a nice flow. You feel good. Yeah. Well, well, well. I don't know what to say because boy, I I do if if y'all are not richly comfortable, I don't know what poverty looks like. You know, because you're either rich or you're poor, you know. You're either rich or you're poor. You know, and 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 the thing is, how you know you're rich is rich people get broke, can go broke rather. So if you're not broke, you're rich. But are you wealthy? Do you have generational wealth? Maybe that's the number you're working on. But if you're not broke, you're rich. Full stop. If you know that a if you lose a job tomorrow. But you'll manage, you'll be okay, you'll eat, you'll still be in the same house. You're not broke. Because broke is living out of your car. Ask people who are broke, they'll tell you. Any, any of you ever live out of your car? No, ma'am. No. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thank God. Any of you Thank God. have gone to bed hungry in the past five years without knowing how to eat? No, ma'am. No man. <laughs> no as as my Beijing again, graduates, say, again, hundred percent, right? All right. Yeah. Any of you did not take a vacation because of COVID pandemic? Other than that, you'd have been gone. Oh. All right, get out of here. Get out of here. Jesus, I just want to apologize on behalf of these grateful rich women. I'm grateful rich women. We, because of the scarcity mindset, I don't think that outside of this discussion, there would be a day when most of you would be comfortable saying you're rich. And that's because of your upbringing. I'm telling you. Right? right? If if I went through, if I came to all your homes, went through, your clothing, your this and that, and say, let's let's call a sale. Somebody house getting paid off. Somebody, <laughs> off. right? And the thing about women who are accustomed to to success and excellence and all, because we we grew up on a grade, and the grade is always A. It's always A. We're always looking for that point. We just never know when we make it. I mean, yeah. who tells you that you made it? Who 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 will determine? Hey. Like Alana B, Alana A, you made it, you know, girl, you made it. You know, when I had to realize I made it, I had to think back to what I wanted to become That's 20 right. years ago. Mm. 20 years ago. And I know some of you queens on this podcast knew me 20 years ago. And we had some dreams up in here. Yep. Mission accomplished for all of us. Some things didn't go according to plan. We might have lost a spouse. We might have this. We might not have achieved the dream of being at Carnegie. The time we wanted, but destiny denied. It's not destiny delayed. You know, 
we've been able to go to all these fascinating countries in the world on vacation. If carnival is tomorrow, we'd be here. Like, <laughs> who is broke in here? Okay, I'm going to reverse the question. Any of y'all broke? No. No. Well, no. 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 I need to stop saying that. I say that all the time. Like when Don't. someone says, you want to do X? I'm like, oh, no, I'm broke. I can't do No! <laughs> you, you just attracted her. <laughs> no, just say right now, I choose not to do that. There are other things I, I would rather do with my money. Oh, my gosh. Like this is, I mean, I am not... The, um, the human version of a financial expert. I am the spiritual version of one. And I'm here to tell you that the day you decide that money will be yours, your life is going to be amazing mm -hmm. and it's all going to keep coming to you, that's the day it happens. It, it really does. And the scarcity mindset has to leave because that's what's holding us back from abundant living. And nothing is wrong with you, even if you don't want to tell... The rest of them watching this podcast go in the mirror and say, I'm rich. <laughs> I'm a rich bee. Oh my God. You talk to yourself, bring it to yourself. You're not lying to yourself because you ate, you have a roof over your head, you take amazing, you have an amazing life. What you want is a lot that you want to see it put on and stack up. Uh uh. It always <laughs> takes that form. It always stay that form. If you're meeting every bill without worrying, you're eating what you mm -hmm. want. If you feel for a steak tonight, you can go and have it. It's just that you don't feel to do it. You're rich. <laughs> you're working on generational wealth. You feel me? I, I feel so. <laughs> if you don't agree, put sure. up your hand like you're in school. If you don't agree. If you don't agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You don't agree with me. Oh, you get out of here. <laughs> so no, honestly, we have to be honest with ourselves because we have allowed um, generational curses and stuff that other people mm. put on their lives and their generation to affect us. People being broke has nothing to do with us. You know, not because you haven't reached to the finish line and mean that you're not in the race. There's always, even when you're wealthy, there's always going to be somebody else wealthier than you. So you might think, fine or wealthy. Not because somebody else have a hundred million and you have a million. It's still a million. Agreed. Even if it's not in cash and it's an asset, it's still a million. And you have to recognize it for what it is because 20 years ago, you didn't have it. Agreed. You've been ungrateful now. Yeah. I also want to say this, if I, if I may, um, Go ahead. you know, you talk about the, the spiritual aspect of this, right? That's where I'm coming from. Um, and there's a real, I, I would say coming from a very, from a very Christian background, I think that the, we are falsely led to believe that God doesn't want us to be wealthy. That's what people say it. You always you read know? in minds up to us. God doesn't <laughs> want us to be wealthy. <laughs> you know? Even, and at one time, my husband would say this, God doesn't want me to have a million dollars. What? I heard him say this. Oh, my. You know, because you would hear growing up, people say things like, well, money is the root of all evil. Oh. Or, or the love and, of money is the root and, of all evil. And, and I uh, say the love is not the root either. It's the greed. And, you know, they talk about the wise man and the, the, the rich young man in the gospel who refused to give away all his possessions to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, that these are the things that... that it is, it's easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to go to the kingdom of heaven. And these kinds, that's, that's the kind of rhetoric that I remember hearing growing up. Yeah, not, a, just, not just in my own home, not just in Dr. my own homes of Agreed friends with you. and relatives. And but let's, is, let's also reference all yeah. the disciples that used to have feasts and all the lavish things they had. This is they... what, that was not the focus. Mm. See, nobody mm. talked about them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is what Interesting. played a role in our conditioning, I believe. I, I wholeheartedly I, believe I that. agree with that. Anybody care to disagree with it? Alana, no, it. it's funny. I'll, I'll, I, I agree a, a little bit, because like, I do know like those parts of the, the Bible as well. But then growing up in, in my house, I think my parents or even in church, we did feel that, yes, I believe that God said that 
you know, I can, that he feels that I can have what he says I can have and mm-hmm. be who he says I can be and do what he says I can do. Mm-hmm. And that includes having things, mm-hmm. but, you know, to do who much is given and much is required, right? So you still have mm-hmm. to be charitable and um, that's right, and thoughtful and kind and all of that. But yeah, I think God wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to have. That's right. And, you know, yeah. last week, um, in last week's article for a part one of this podcast, we, we reference Hebrew 11 verses one. It says, um, it talks about faith as a thing not yet seen. I want you to think about when we, again, when we were all leaving university with this big dream, there's certain things we wanted. Maybe it's a car. I see Alana Ruben laughing, smiling rather. Maybe it's that car or that house and that, you know, can you, you can, you're all successful women because you're, you're comfortable with the accolade of the word, with the, the word success, not necessarily with riches, right? Mm-hmm. But I know you can all empathize or, or understand the feeling of wanting to see yourself in a particular home or in a particular car. And then that day comes when it happens and you're, you think back to, you, you know that that came about as a result of a vision and the faith that you had that you would get that, right? How is it any different for money and the things that God will not hold anything from you that he feels that you deserve? He said, ask and you shall receive. That's what the Bible also said in response to what Dr. Mm-hmm. Russ said with other people who would mm-hmm. talk about the needle eye and listen. You have two kinds of people in this world, the ones who will interpret things negatively and the ones who will interpret things positively. And positive attraction is always more effective, right? And I know you all can, um, you all can understand the concept of dreaming for something, whether it was a husband, a particular guy, a particular job, and you had to first put it out there in the universe. You, you had to believe that you would get it. So what's wrong with believing that you would have that magic figure one day? And in fact, some of you might be 24 hours away from that. Because again, if we were to um, utilize the spiritual principle of believing and multiplying and believing that God will take care of your every need, 24 hours can make a difference mm-hmm. if you truly believe. And I feel that the number one thing for people who have not is that mindset that I will always have not. (laughs) And there's something to be said for, I look at um, people who are visibly successful, like like artists and and, um, entertainers and athletes, right? And and sometimes in in my past career, I had the privilege of interviewing some amazing people who were really vulnerable with me. And one of the common threads they had is, is that they know that they couldn't fit into the other things that was being asked of them, like to go work in a bank, or, and they know that they had to do this. And they took this leap of faith to do it without even knowing how much money they would make from doing it. You know, if you were to sit down and ask, and I never interviewed her, but I'd like to one day, a Serena Williams or one of them, did you do this because of money? they would tell you they did it for the love of the game. And the money actually happened. But they probably always believed that one day it would pay off for them. And if we were to take a direction in our lives with regards to success and abundance and not believe that one day we will get our final number, then we're wasting time. We really are. And if we're not comfortable embracing the fact that we are actually rich, we're also doing ourselves a disservice. Because then we then we believe the reverse. Hundred percent. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, so, do you all believe that you would have all the money you want someday soon? Yeah, I think it's less of a number. Yeah. Um, and like, even when I was visioning back when you said, you know, I'm in university, I remember those days you were there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I remember thinking about things like 
envisioning things. So I, I thought about my house, my home, where would I and when I when I bought the house I am in now, I was like, okay, this is wonderful. And then I thought dream come true, but I said, okay, now I need to adjust the dream. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it in terms of correct. yeah, I didn't I never thought about it in terms of dollars. So like even mm-hmm. now I'm feeling okay, fine. I know that I I will that's why I talk about flow. Mm-hmm. It will flow out and it will flow in. Yeah, but you're right. Everything you're saying, Alana Bourbon, is correct. What what I'm not sure of is the discomfort of saying, well, wow, I'm rich. All the things I said I wanted to get, I have them. I haven't stopped living. There's more to come. Everything is flowing. But but I think we were wrongly taught that the money is a figure in the bank. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I've transitioned. Like, out of school... I started on things, right? Like when you're first graduating from university, it's things. Mm-hmm. Then once I got into work, it was I needed to make a number. But mm-hmm. as I progressed in life in my later years, um, it's really about living the life mm-hmm. on my terms. So I want to. We're getting stuck with a number, the number. Right. So I let that go. So it's no longer a number. Really, it's living yeah. the life I want to live. Do what I want to do when I want to do it. So I'm really all about the good life, a well-rounded, holistic life. And yeah. the number, and I think that in that aspect, I am very rich. <laughs> you see, you still qualified it. You're just rich. That's it. There's no aspect to it because yeah. once you are able to just live your life abundantly and fruitfully and be happy, turn on your TV without the cable being disrupted, where all the fabulous things you're always showing up in for us and, and just killing it and slaying, you are there. You know, I. I I am coming. I hope you don't think you all don't think that I'm coming from a position of being materialist, materialistic. I'm sorry. I'm coming from a position of gratitude because, you know, if it is your, you keep giving things to your children, right? And you realize that, hey, you buy the boy, this or the girl, this, and there's no, no, no gratitude, no thanks. They're, they're like, okay, thanks. Uh. And, and it, it doesn't move them in any way. You, you, you really sacrifice and you buy this Xbox at Christmas and it was like, Oh, that's what I got. Uh, that is what you are doing in some sort of way. Because all these dreams you had to be here, and you're here, you've arrived, but you're just not feeling the destination because you're so tied to this number. When it's not about the I number. Don't know if it's, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I don't know if it's if it's like tied to like, you know, always like completely tied to a number, but I do think that one of the things that helps us say, okay, well, you know, I believe in this abundant, um, this abundant thought. And, you know, I believe that I will one day have all of the, like all the things I need, all of the money that I would like to have, whether it's a number or other things. I think what supports that thought is the works behind it. I think it's a lot easier for me to have those thoughts that I have of, yes, I'll be able to, you know, have the next house or have the next car, or it's because of the investments and the savings and the tax shell, all of those things make you, I think can help you get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Where you can say, oh so yeah, you're I talk, you're talk, that because you're I speaking on behalf of, I see the of yourself, right? Corinne, you're talking yeah. to you. It's not I think, yes. Yeah. For okay. me. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is the number, but I think what makes you be comfortable with that number is the work, you know, is the work behind the number. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I don't. No, I agree with Alana. No. <laughs> no. So, so Corinne, as as my freshman queen, I respectfully disagree. I, I don't know what you're saying. Like, okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not there anymore. I, so guess, I can't. I, I'm one of those people. I'm extremely like logical, but I think the what makes it easier for me to say or for me to think, oh, you know what? I do believe that. I can have all of these things or I can have this abundance or there's more to come is because of um it's because of the work behind it I'm saying the mm. savings the So you're, you're talking about um, human strength and we're talking about privilege Yeah like that kind of the logical right 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 <laughs> I'm talking about like a combination of both We're talking about faith and relying on him because he is clearly you ever had an experience where you look at certain parts of your life and you know that you had nothing to do with it you, 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 yeah. yes, there, yeah. there, there are five yeah. people who can yeah. work just as hard, just as hard yeah. on the same task, on the same goal. But then it just happens for the one that it was meant to be for. Yeah. Because their name is on it. I understand that. 
you know? So I think when we let go of trying to control this number mm -hmm. and try mm -hmm. and live with the mindset of abundance, and I know that some of you all didn't know, think that I would come from this angle today. Not all, but some of you all. But this is in fact the truth because none of us can take any of those things that are given to us when we exit this life. But, but not all of us get to enjoy so many of those things because it, it just depends on how we see life and what we draw to us. One thing I'll say is like, as, as I've gotten older and also as how I see my parents live now is, mm -hmm. you know, they may not have as much money as they would have had they not lost it all, but they are enjoying their life to the fullest. They are traveling every weekend mm -hmm. here and there. And that's a you rich know, life. It's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's how I, like I would say over the past at least seven, eight years, especially since I've had kids, it's about the experiences that I'm, we are investing in for our family and our children and mm -hmm. giving them experiences as, as, a, as you said, as opposed to materialistic things. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we give them an Xbox and you're right. They're like ungrateful little kids. <laughs> yeah. so we take them on this vacation and yes. they get to do room service. That that's right. So I'm going to rides and going to pool and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. those mm -hmm. mean so much more to them. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, I would say that's the same thing for us. And I, I can speak, you know, my in-laws are the opposite. They have so much, but they mm -hmm. don't enjoy it. So it's such a different lifestyle. And I've come to realize that sitting here on and, and sitting that money sitting in my bank account is going to do nothing if I'm not mm -hmm. experiencing life's joys with it and actually building an experience for my family and our whole, you know, everyone mm -hmm. I know and, make it, and making mm -hmm. that the and, what, what your money is doing for you your money's working for you that and way. stop worrying about losing it if you worry about losing yeah. it you just mm -hmm. may do that because you're done yeah. drawing it to yeah. you but one more thing you said about your in-laws and people like that and others you may have some people some people actually arrive at the number in their head and they still don't mm -hmm. do nothing with it because right. they're so afraid of losing it <laughs> yeah i mean there will never be enough that's the i think that's the never issue right that's it, it's so fixated on a number yeah. don't be not no yeah. Fixation on a number with a scarcity mindset. A scarcity mindset. Just, just sets you up for mm -hmm. thinking that it will never be enough. The person never. that provides yeah. the opportunity for us to open our eyes in the morning and breathe, we don't do that. As much as, as Corinne said a while ago, as much as you feel like you have to be behind this work and this result, because that's an American mindset where you work, 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 and then eventually you get to retire. That is not necessarily so. So where we come from in the Caribbean, mm -hmm. the people who lie down on the beach retired and they're still living. <laughs> I'm not advocating we don't work. That's not what I'm saying either. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that we're not necessarily in, in charge of every aspect of our lives. Some people get to work and find that number and they don't live a day to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. So there must be some magic, a spiritual magic behind us having the privilege and the favor of of an enjoyable life and i think the way we condition our brain with excitement to enjoy and behave as though we're grateful for what we have that's when the magic begins for abundance and prosperity and i will leave you on that note because we are way over our time we don't even have time for speak on it our new segment which is equivalent of hot topics i'm so sorry but this was a magical discussion I, I, I mean, I can't begin to tell you how I feel about what we've been able to share with each other today. Real facts. And I hope you enjoyed it. You, it, it left you with a fresh perspective, as it did for me. Anybody want to wrap that up? Uh, I'm going to start saying that I'm rich. And I will stop. And I'm going to stop yeah. saying that I'm broke. When people say I don't want to do that. Right. That is so ungrateful because nothing about you is broke. I that is don't so disagree. So I am going <laughs> to vow to stop doing that. Right. And Karen, are you, are you still feeling as though you have to do it? And if you don't do it, you're not going to get, there's a higher power that you serve as well. It's a part oh, of yeah. the alchemy of your life you know are you hearing me you know okay you cut out a little bit i definitely I, you cut out a sec of i think you're saying do i get do i feel that there is a, a higher power in terms of living in an abundant uh an mm -hmm. abundant life oh no of course of course yeah but i definitely am um 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, how do I say that? As I said, like more logical and not, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> You know, it's like not yes. more logical, but I think there's a pragmatic way and like thought and saving what is this currency and currency of life. I do think um it's easy to be comfortable in your comfort when when you have some of those things on the back end. All right, Karen, we have a part three Insane. together. Yeah, how about how about that? How about that? Hundred percent. <laughs> Hundred percent, guys. He's not. I won't. I won't. She's not alone because I mean there is a little part of me that is very pragmatic in that way. So I have shifted and I'm it's going a, no, to. No, it takes a while, and we'll talk about right. it. We'll talk about it after this broadcast. But I wish we could go on and on. But I want to yes. thank you all for joining me today. I'll see you guys soon. Thank we you. have a lot more coming up. You know, because of you all, and this is the reason we create this podcast about standing women to come together from around the world to discuss important lifestyle issues that affect all women. Um, I want to leave you with this. You know, if, if a woman in your circle is doing very well, don't get mad. Don't hate, celebrate. You are some total of the woman and the people you surround yourself with. Birds of a feather fly together. Ladies, to quote my son, Russ, you did a great job. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. Don't forget to live the life you love and love the life you live. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Don't Bye. forget to follow us on Bye. Instagram. Bye.